0: Hello, VeloNews listeners, this is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at VeloNews, coming at you with another VeloNews tech podcast, and if you couldn't tell by the dulcet tones uh, before the intro music, we're going to be talking about uh, some shifting today, uh, and so, you know, this could be a little bit of controversy here, because uh, we're going to be talking about SRAM Red eTap AXIS versus Shimano's Dura-Ace DI2. My uh, colleague Ben Delaney is joining me today, and he's he's over there toying with with the shifters right now ben you're gonna you're gonna have to stop playing and actually talk at some point but if you want to make some noises let's hear them let's hear the the...
1: greetings from the garage everybody
0: yeah you got some shift noises for us oh that's beautiful
1: (laughs) it's my daughter's favorite things about bikes doesn't care about the bikes themselves, but if it sounds cool, she's in, and I have to say I'm with her on that.
0: Right. Well, I mean, honestly, that's my whole philosophy about bikes. Is like I don't have to be fast; I just have to look fast. It's it's the same thing as sounding cool.
1: Yeah, it's like deep arrow wheels. You know, yeah. it's like the new bike psych. This, yeah. These these intangibles count for something. Totally,
0: totally. Well, so let's let's talk about uh, the the big uh, the big question I always get, aside from uh, what shoes do you like, is which, which do you like better etap or di2 uh, which one should i buy um, and my answer is is always you know well it depends on what you're looking for because they're two very different systems uh, even though they're both electronic um but it's you know sram versus Shimano is like, is like the cage match right so absolutely yeah so ben let's let's talk about these groups sort of in depth and talk about uh, what the differences between them the similarities um and and you know what what we like about them and dislike about them as you know you and I have probably ridden these both of these systems more than a lot of folks um so we'll give our our category by category impressions of each uh bit of these these group sets but first before we get into that that minutia um can you give us a basic rundown of Di2 and Etap, what are these systems, uh, and what what makes each one unique, um, and what are some of the you know the similarities between the two systems?
1: Sure, absolutely. So big picture, they are both electronic group sets. Shimano was the first. Well, if you want to be ticky tacky about it, Mavic had a mechatronic <laughs> yes. electronic group back in the day. But yeah. as far as the pertinent survivors, yeah. we're talking. Shimano versus SRAM. Campagnolo, we should note, also has an EPS group set mm-hmm. uh, or a family of group sets. Here in the, in the U.S., at least, uh, Shimano and SRAM are the two main players. So that's what we're focusing on.
0: Yeah.
1: Shimano was the first with Di2. Uh, the, it The is now an 11-speed wired electronic group. Mm-hmm. SRAM followed up with ETAP, and that is now a 12-speed wireless electronic group
0: mm-hmm.
1: um the price and weight like so many things there's the answer of which is cheaper or lighter well it depends but uh the weight depends on the configuration of chain rings and cassettes etc um and price depends on where you're buying but in general sram e-tap is slightly more expensive and slightly heavier uh than the shimano setup
0: right which is not to say that, I mean, that is not the end all, uh, you know, data point, but, uh, you know, it's worth noting because I think there is a lot of, uh, a lot of weight weenie still in the road world, <laughs> especially, um, For sure. but definitely not, not the end of, of the story here. Um, in terms of, uh, gearing, it should be noted too, that, uh, the two systems, uh, work very differently in terms of gearing. So, um, you know SRAM when they launched its when it launched its 12 speed uh, sort of revamped how the gearing systems work. So there's yes. there's not exactly an apples to apples comparison between the two anymore. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that, Ben, and, and what exactly SRAM is doing differently?
1: Sure. So SRAM AXS, which is AXS, uh, denotes a couple things. Uh, one is the as you say a total overhaul of gearing. Uh, and the other denotes the intercompatibility with not just the road gravel components, but also mountain components, such as a uh, wireless dropper post or uh, the mountain bike d- rear derailleur and cassette. So that's a cool thing. Um, but yeah, let's talk about gearing. So for the longest time, we've had three main options in terms of chain ring configurations for road. You've got standard 5339, uh, like a lot of uses of the word standard in the bike business gets getting kind of silly at this point because (laughs) very few of us actually use this 5339 you've got your compact on the other end of the spectrum which is a 5031 and then you've got what for me and others is the goldilocks sweet spot the subcompact the Mm 5236 so that's what uh, shimano still uses that's uh, what you see on you know campagnolo and that's what tram used for a long time SRAM Axis starts from scratch uh, and everything gets smaller. So you've got, you still have three options, uh, but they're a smaller uh, set of options now. Um, Similarly at the back end, the cassettes are different on both Shimano and uh, Campagnolo. The 11 tooth is as small as it goes with SRAM. You have to have a, 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 a shram driver for this but you can go down to a 10 yes um so this is the you know the big talking point for shram is that you've got a broader overall range than you have traditionally had um, and you know arguably at a lighter weight now there's some frictional things that we can get into later but yep.
0: uh yep. And yeah it, I mean, and it but should just, also
1: just, be just to just to wrap up on the on the chainring sizes 5037 is SRAM's big meat option mm-hmm. comparable to a 5039 mm-hmm. so when you put that with the 1026 cassette that's roughly comparable with a little bit more rope on either end to the standard 5339 and an 1135 and you go all the way to the, the far end uh, you can get down to a a 4330 kind of itty bitty um which is even smaller uh, for an easier climbing gear than than a compact. So right. that's what one of the main things about the SRAM Axis yep. setup.
0: And we're going to talk more about shifting in a moment. But just as another point, uh, SRAM also likes to uh, note that they've made uh, smaller jumps between cogs, uh, essentially to make the shifting experience smoother um, and more user-friendly. Um, and we'll get it, to that in a moment. If you're
1: using two by, not a one by, but yes,
0: um, correct. Sorry, yes, with a two by system. But before we get to that, let's um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the actual experience of having these on your bike, and we'll start with ergonomics. Um, what do these sets feel like? Now, I know when SRAM first uh, started with their hydro levers, they were really tall and, and kind of bulky and, and almost square. Um, and they got refined with the first generation of, of, uh, Red tap. Um, and now they're, they're, the shape has sort of come into its own. Um, and Dura-Ace has always sort of had this very low profile, uh, hood. Um, that's been, you know, I think most people are, are quite used to. So Ben, let's talk about the experience of riding each one of those. Um, what's your experience, uh, with, with the ergonomics of each and what's your, what's your ultimate preference?
1: Well, the, both of them have a pretty smooth hood configuration, which is where most of us spend most of our time, right? With, like, the transition from the handlebar to the, the, the shift lever. Yeah, the, the E-Tap still has that tall silo-like uh, top for the hydraulic reservoir, uh, which is much bigger than Shimano. I think that's largely an aesthetic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us don't put our hands up on top of the hood so much. Um, both give a nice secure perch. My preference is Shimano for uh, how the the hood itself feels, just because it's a smaller it's a smaller thing, easier to wrap your hands around. Um, other part of ergonomics is the shifting, and that's something worth talking about. Shimano's got two buttons per lever, uh, SRAM has a single one. Uh, so in addition to you know personal preference for how it feels there's just the the shift logic and in a lot of ways it's it's easier for a new cyclist to wrap their head around how Etap works in that you press the right lever uh the chain goes into a harder gear on the cog uh you press the left lever it makes it easier and then you press both at the same time and that moves between the the right and left um so that's pretty easy to do even if you're wearing big bulky gloves or whatever um at least for the rear shifting Mm -hmm. it's still kind of fussy in my opinion to have to use both hands to shift your front railer um so that's that's a matter of preference and it's, it's hard to tease out what is um you know what's a superior or inferior system versus just what your personal bias and habits are you know so right um you could you could make the case for either, but push comes to shove, I guess I I prefer the the overall feel of Shimano. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your what's your take on on just how the things feel in your hands?
0: Yeah, so you know I have, I have kind of tiny hands, uh, which you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with admitting that I'm, I'm at peace with it. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the both of the hoods to me feel good, and I'll I'll be honest. At first, I did not like the SRAM hoods. Um, I th- I just felt they felt like they were just too big and bulky. Um, I've largely gotten over that. I actually kind of like them because, you know, you were saying before most of us don't, you know, perch on top of the, the hoods. I actually do. One of my, you know, long miles positions is is sort of, you know, flat forearms hmm. with my hands on top of those hoods. Uh-huh. And I actually quite like the the etap levers for that because there's actually more to kind of hold on to and, and I don't feel like if I hit a bump I'm gonna go flying off the front which is not to say I don't like the, the Dura Ace lovers. I actually quite like those cause they are super minimal and they just feel so small and svelte. And I, I do like that a lot. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I think for my purposes, I like the E tap a little bit better just cause I like that stability. Uh-huh. Um, and also I love the simplicity of just having two buttons rather than the four. Um, yes, I think that to me, uh, the, the E tap layout, shifting layout just makes so much sense. And it took us so long to get there, but I think that's, it's a real winner. Um, one button on each side really simplifies things. Less to think about. Um, the the shift to, to to move the front derailleur. You know you have to press both buttons at the same time. At first I was like, oh man, that's gonna be a pain because you have to like get it just right. You, you don't. You don't. You just have to hit both buttons, and it's really it's very intuitive, very clean. Um, but, you know, that's not to say the Dura-Ace to me is is clunky in any way. It's really not. Uh, and, it, and, and for the longest time, it was what I was used to. But I do like the point you make about gloves um, and the, the closeness of those buttons and how that opens up the opportunity to miss shift. Um, for my money, I probably would, would do the SRAM. But I certainly wouldn't be unhappy if somebody plopped a race in my lap.
1: Sure, and that's what it really a lot of it comes down to is that you know, sometimes we get taken to task in our reviews of like, well, last time you said you liked this, and now you said that. like, well, they're both very good systems, right? Right. You know, so it's not like there's a, a clear stinker, right, um, right? But you know, you know what I love, Dan? Uh, donuts. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Also, yes. buttons. buttons, just on, on both systems, mm-hmm. being able to stick satellite shifters yeah. wherever you dang well please is sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, yeah, so I'm just looking at two bikes here. I've got a Tarmac with ETAP and an Allied with DI2, and uh, both have multiple sets of satellite shifters. Mm-hmm. And that just it's, – it's sort of like going from a hand crank on your car windows to – uh, having an automatic switch. Did you need it? No, of course not. You don't need these things, but right. once you've got this convenience, it's, it's super sweet. And right yeah. now I'm dorking out with and putting, you know, clip on arrow bars on a gravel bike to do some, some longer solo things. I thought I knew
0: you, Ben. I thought I knew you. It's, 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 things <laughs> are getting weird,
1: man. Coronavirus <laughs> is turning us into strange things. But yeah, just being able to plug in some of the new multi-clicks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to the eTap levers, run that out on the extensions, uh, and you just to stay in the aero bars and yeah, and shift all day. So that's that's a, a huge plus in my mind of, of electronic systems in general, yeah, is that you can set them up to to shift from wherever you want to put your hands. So yeah,
0: and I will say uh, from my personal experience, I, I think Shimano is kind of winning that game uh, with the remote shifters, although Sram has uh, revamped their their blips. so and I haven't ridden those yet. Um, but I will say with with the remote with the satellite shifters uh, as a sprinter, um, aka, fat guy. Um, I like, I like to have that, that shifter down on the, the drops and it's much easier to activate the Shimano, uh, shifter in that position than it is f- to activate the blip. Uh, For sure. It, so I would give the edge there to Shimano. Um,
1: well, I've got, you know, so these new multi clicks here, uh, and it's, they're much more similar to, yeah, it's a, it's a smaller button, maybe like a, a quarter the size of the clicks right. and the clicks uh or more like a elevator button yeah. where you've got to press it right in the center you can't like nudge it from the side whereas the the sprint shifters as you well know they're super sensitive as long as you get anywhere near it, it'll it shift right um, so the yeah the multi clicks the new uh, etap satellite things are mm-hmm. are, a, are a vast improvement in yeah. my mind
0: yeah for sure um let's move on to braking uh, both of them are hydraulic brakes, disc brakes. Uh, so you know you're getting you're getting some decent stopping power with both systems. What's your experience with with each with each system in that regard?
1: Sure, and I'm you know looking at a uh, a Di2 rim brake bike here, so I mean that's that's also an option. But uh, yeah, disc discs are here. Um, they're both good. Uh, I've I'd give the advantage slightly to uh, Shimano. For the what feels to me, and this is just totally subjective. I couldn't quantify this for you. It um, feels like a slightly stronger bite, uh, 160s to 160s. And, and it seems like the pad clearance between the two, uh, Shimano has slightly more. So if you're riding in muck and grit, it seems like uh, you're better off barely with the, with the Shimano system
0: yeah i would I would agree with that. Um, and I also and I, I think it's worth noting too that sram uh, brakes, on the especially on the roads that have have made leaps and bounds uh, progress in the last few seasons and and I don't have much in the way of complaints about them. Um, and this is another like unquantifiable thing, but I think I get more rotor rubbing. Um, with the SRAM system than I do with the Shimano system, and that's that's mm-hmm. really the only reason I'm giving the edge to Shimano because mm-hmm. I think in terms of braking power they're both they're both quite good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's just the you know, the, the pads run just a hair closer mm-hmm. on on SRAMs. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I, again, it's kind of a minor thing, but um, I'd say either way you're getting some some solid braking.
1: Sure. Let's uh, talk batteries.
0: Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Um, this is always the sticking point with electronic systems. Um, and you know, I have run out of battery on both systems.
1: (laughs) Yep. Me too. More times than I care to admit.
0: Yes. And largely that's just a matter of me forgetting to charge the things. Um, one of the things I love about the ETAP system is that if your rear derailleur battery dies, you can just swap it out with the front derailleur. Um, and so you can still get yourself home. Uh, in fact, you don't really even have to stop your ride. You just, you might be stuck in your big ring. Um, and if you want to get in your little ring, just swap the batteries again. So that's yep, that yep. swappability is really cool. Um, it's awesome, too, that you can take the batteries off and put them on the chargers and not have to have your bike near uh, a plug and outlet. Yep. Um, that's very cool. That said, I have much better experience with longer battery life with the Di2 system, uh, hands down. Um, I definitely have had some batteries, some bad batteries from, from SRAM. Uh, fewer lately, so that's good. Um, but they do tend to discharge more quickly if the bike is sitting for long periods of time. Yep. Ben, yep. Uh, what do you think?
1: Well, the Shimano battery is yeah, a single battery. Uh, that can be tucked inside the frame. And like I say, you have to plug it into the wall somewhere, which is, can be a bit cumbersome. Mm -hmm. The fact that the battery lasts so long, unlike your cell phone, which you charge every day or your Garmin or your Wahoo, which you charge regularly with the Shimano system, I just forget about it until it dies. And what happens with that system, because there's a single battery is it'll often get stuck in the small ring because the front derailleur requires more power to move than the rear. So the system doesn't, uh die completely but when you're almost out of juice you can no longer shift your front derailleur so you're stuck in the small ring and you're doing high cadence drills all the way home um one thing i appreciate about another thing i appreciate about SRAM system in addition to being easy to charge like i say you can swap the batteries uh charge the batteries easily i've got a couple here on my desk charging uh is that the system connects quickly to and wirelessly to your head unit to let you know hey dummy Mm -hmm. charge me yep um that is much appreciated yeah the the Shimano system you can get this functionality but you have to buy a separate thing uh, what used to be called a d fly where you plug it into the the system and that allows for some uh, wireless connectivity with your head unit yeah um, so you can get there, but it just, I got to spend more money and you've got to uh, install it or pay someone to install it. So in, in that regard, definitely, uh, uh SRAM Sh- has the advantage in my mind.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and I think it's, um, it's also so neat that you can, uh, carry a spare battery with you if you really wanted to. Um, it's, they're just so small and light. I think there's, there's a lot of versatility there, especially if you're doing like a, a quote unquote mullet ride, um, you know, going off road and you what you got your frame bag or your, your, your backpack, it's totally easy to just bring an extra battery with you. So I think that's really neat.
1: Yeah. No penalty there. I should also note that, uh, ETAP shifters have coin sale batteries mm-hmm. in them. Uh, and those will last, uh, considerably longer than the uh, rechargeable batteries, but yep. they do wear out, and when they do, you, it's same thing as having a flat battery elsewhere. You, you can no longer shift, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just good to have spares of those on hand too.
0: Yep, for sure. Uh, we we kind of glossed over a couple of key points about the shifting, and I think um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on is sort of the experience of of shifting, like you know the actual process of I've hit the button, and now what happens. Uh, and SRAM made a big deal about um, you know the the, the number of one tooth jumps they have between cogs now and the ETAP axis twelve speed system and how that is supposed to be um, it's supposed to give you the right gear whenever you need it rather than you know having the jump be too big or uh, you know and then your your cadence gets all messed up. And I would say, having ridden their bikes for you know, a long time now. I definitely find myself uh, making far fewer front derailleur shifts uh, when I'm running the Etap Access system, and I love that. Um, but there are some friction trades off trade offs uh, to the new Etap Access system versus Dura Ace. Um, ben, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: About the the friction in shifting in general?
0: Yeah, and also so know, like- the shifting in general, like what what your experience is and which one you prefer.
1: Well, for the the friction point, you know, uh, Leonard Zinn, our esteemed colleague, uh, took both systems to friction facts uh, here in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, And one of the key takeaways is that the tighter your chain wraps around something, the more friction you have uh, and the more inefficient the drive system is. So if you're just looking at friction, and this is a small percentage of your overall Drag for sure. Um, if you're just looking at friction, you ideally want to have a huge chain ring and a huge cassette uh, because that minimizes the, the the angle of the chain being wrapped around uh, and makes it more efficient. So, uh, I mean, that's a small but uh, certainly something to keep in mind. Thing to keep in mind with the axis system is that the the smaller the chain rings and the cassette cogs get the more chain wrap you're getting and the more friction you are creating Mm -hmm. um is that something you can feel not something i can feel nope (laughs) um i mean that's along with kind of the same lines of of one chain lube versus the other can it be measured in a lab absolutely can you feel it not not i no um so I'm more concerned with things like day-to-day functionality, mm-hmm. um, you know, and which is something that electronic systems have a, uh, an advantage over mechanical systems where cables will stretch or cables get dirty and then uh, don't shift as smoothly over time as an electronic system where it's – as long as you've got juice, it's going to shift exactly the same time after time after time after time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm more interested in. Yeah. Uh, the, fr- the SRAM front derailleur has been a bit of a bugaboo for the company for a, a while. It now shifts very well if you've got the thing dialed precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through a number of test bikes, uh, you know, usually they come pretty well built up, and it's not a problem. But if you have to fiddle with them, in my experience, uh, the red and forced derailers take just a, a bit more finesse – to get functioning perfectly than a Shimano, where you can be ham fisted like I am and and get it working pretty well, uh, or very well, pretty pretty easily.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely agree with that. That's totally been my experience is The the in front derailleur shifting, uh, Dura Ace wins hands down. Uh, SRAM takes a little bit more attention and care to get it just right. Um, I I I think um, the the other end of this is. Um, you know, the smoothness of shifting, we've we've uh, you know, early ETAP, there was always this uh, complaint that it's you know, it clunks into gear and, and rather whereas Dura Ace sort of just sort of sveltly goes smoothly into the next gear. I would say SRAM has largely solved that and it, it feels good to me. Um I have no complaints there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. uh all right, let's move on. So both systems, Ben, have uh, Power meters now. And it wasn't that long ago that your only options were, were third party power meters. But now SRAM has Quark uh, integrated yep. into theirs, and Shimano has their own proprietary Dura Ace power meter. Uh, let's talk about those. Are there differences between the two systems? Uh, and uh, if so, uh, what, what are they?
1: Yeah, there are. I mean, first of all, I think it's cool and about time that, that high end groups come with a power meter, or at least a power meter option built in. Um, the SRAM system uh, builds off the extensive heritage of the Cork uh, the power meter, which uh, was its own company for a while. With, uh, Jim Meyer doing great work on a Spider-based system. Now that's been integrated, bought into by SRAM and it's integrated into the family. Uh, so there you get the total number of all the power that your your two little legs are doing, mm-hmm. um, and that can be split you know, uh, approximated into, into left leg versus right leg power, but it's, it's measured as a single thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Schwann system has, uh, a distinct left measurement and a right measurement, uh, by crank based power meter. Um, so you get the total number and then your left, right is an actual left and actual right. For most people, this is irrelevant uh, but for some people coming back from injury or uh, it's it's interesting to see that that uh, left right thing mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and I, I, this is one of those rare cases where I kind of feel like I don't have enough of an opinion like to me it's like yeah they're both they both record my power yeah. um, it's like setting them up both very easy both have paired very easily um, I, to me these this is a solid tie. Um, I don't really have a preference either way on these power meters. I think they're both great.
1: Yeah, I happily do use both. Um, I've been using the Shimano meter as one of the meters to test against smart trainers. Um, it's rechargeable. Yep. Yeah, I'd yep. be, be, be happy with either. Like I said, it's, it's, it's about time that, uh, a high end group just comes with it Absolutely. a power meter nicely integrated in. So
0: Absolutely. All right, so th- this is my favorite topic of, of the two of these because you know I'm a, my my background is as a mechanic. I, I uh, I've installed both of these systems uh, quite recently, in fact. But this yeah. this might matter less to a to to regular consumers, um, but to me, there are huge huge differences in the installation procedure and the service service procedure for these two systems. Um, Sure. So let's start with. I mean, one of the huge selling points for ETAP is that it's so easy to install. You 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 screw on the derailleurs, you put on the chain. Um, you know, the brakes are maybe a little bit uh, more complicated if you have internal uh, hose routing, but yep. otherwise, you you know, you bleed it up and you go. Um, yeah. The pairing but, process is super quick and easy.
1: Yeah, but how many how many people are doing this is my question. Like, if somebody's buying a brand new bike. And it's coming with one of these groups. Right. I mean, I, I know that, yeah, Shram touts it is easy to set up. And for those people in the backs of shops who are doing it, that makes mm-hmm. a difference. But how many people do you think are are doing this right. as, as, like, as writers?
0: Well, and I would also say, I mean, you know, there it is a smaller uh, percentage of people. Of- consumers who I think are doing that regularly and, and with any frequency that it would matter. Um, but it does matter if you ever pack your bike up in a, in a bike case, for example. Uh, sure. So, I mean, there are definitely uh, use cases where, it, you know, that simplicity is really important. Um, but, it, you know, it's it's not, I don't think it's a major selling point for most consumers.
1: Well t- will t- we'll talk about the, like the, the setup of, of sram versus a setup of Shimano and okay. we could yeah, you know so. like for instance you know Fred uh, Fred Dryer just got a gravel test bike in and had some issues with with the chasing wiring down the rabbit hole of his mm-hmm. down tube yep. that wouldn't be a situation right. that you would come into with ETAP. so yeah explain the the two setups yeah
0: so you know di2 is interesting because you know one of the i think one of the reasons that um shimano has stuck with the wires is that they say you know it works it works well there's no reason not to and once it's set up it's incredibly crisp it's fast uh it's a great system and i think that's valid however if you are going to be setting up your di2 yourself get ready (laughs) it's (laughs) yes it's quite an adventure um I actually just set up uh, a Trek Checkpoint SL7 with Shimano GRX Di2. Uh, and it took months because what was happening was I was getting into the process and then I was realizing, oh, I'm missing this one little junction box or I'm, and I would have to order that. And then I get that in and I get further into the process of routing all these cables through the frame. And be Like, oh, I need this other small cable. Yes. Or, order that. And it just became this process and it it was a real turnoff to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put this aside for a while, come back to it. I have the advantage of having other bikes to ride. A lot of people don't have that. Um, I will say the, the setting up of, of DI2 and tucking all those wires away is incredibly frustrating. Um, and it's it's also, if you remove your seat post, a lot of the times the battery is tucked into the seat post and you can lose that wire in your seat tube. And at that point, it's a matter of pulling the bottom bracket Yeah. So there are definitely potentials for headaches with the Di2 wiring. It's not a great system in terms of setup. You do have to tuck a lot of things away. It's a little bit inelegant. Um, I would like to see Shimano advance past that. Uh, in the near future.
1: Yes, and and the wires can come unplugged. Yes, and then you can end up on a wild goose chase as to figuring out what has come unplugged. Yes, I remember you know doing a group ride here with a woman whose uh, right shifter stopped working, mm-hmm. and it took us a while to figure out what was going on. It was because we had gone over some rough road and railroad tracks, and her right shifter had slid slightly down on the handlebars, and the wire plugging into the lever had come ever so slightly out. Yeah. So we had to, you know, peel the hood back, get under the tape to realize, Oh, it looks like it's connected, but it's not all the way connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had another bike where the, the, one of the junction box inside the down tube after literally years of use had somehow come just loose enough that it wasn't connecting and went through troubleshooting of, well, maybe it's a, the battery, the battery's faulty, you know, check in. So yeah, yeah, with, with, uh, Yeah. It's like, like any other electronics when they work well, whether it's a a laptop or a phone and everything's working fine, you're golden. When something gets sideways, it can be uh, mildly infuriating.
0: Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for the limited number of components that you have to do guesswork with on the ETAP system. Yes. Yes. Because with, with DI2, like you said, there's so many different wires and junction boxes and even like little grommets, um, you have to be pretty careful plugging in the wires to the ports. There's actually a special tool that you must you have to use. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for just trimming down the number, the sheer volume of components that you have to deal with in your drivetrain um, that really makes ETAP come out the winner here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in my opinion. All right. Well, that's a that's a pretty comprehensive rundown of the individual components here of of each system. It's, it's, uh, it's time, Ben. It's time to, to make your decision. Choose, choose wisely. Uh, if you were, uh, spending your own money, you had one bike, uh, you knew you wanted one of these two systems, which one would you, which one would you spend your money on and why?
1: I would go with Shimano. Uh, some of that could just be legacy of a long, long preference, uh, for the Shimano system. Um, but I, I i just love how it feels um even this little things like looking at this allied bike now with the di2 levers having the buttons on top of the hoods that can control a garmin that's a cool thing like i said i love the buttons with electronic shifting whether it's it's SRAM or or shimano but uh just yeah overall feel of shimano uh tilts it slightly uh for my preference
0: I, uh, and, How about you, Dan? Well, we, you know, and we didn't tell each Your other... Your cash
1: money on the line. <laughs> all, which would I, it be?
0: All of my riches, yes. Um, you know, I we didn't talk about, you know, before the show, we didn't talk about uh, which ones we would prefer. Um, and, you know, we maybe, wanna, maybe we should plan our shows one of these days. <laughs> no, that's crazy talk. <laughs> um, but, you know, here's the thing is I love both of these systems because, you know, I mean, and I think with the the smoothness of shifting and the, the overall experience of shifting, I think Dura-Ace wins. But... I think if it were my money, I would buy the eTap um, because, like, like you, like I said, I you know I'm, I have a mechanics background. Um, I want as few components as possible to have to deal with uh, in mm-hmm. the long term. I mm-hmm. think I think the interchangeability of the batteries. Uh, on the ETAP system is huge. Um, I, I definitely love the interchangeability uh, of the ETAP axis system with being able to, you know, pair with with uh, the mountain bike components. As a mountain biker myself and, and you know, budding graveler, I think that's intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. So I would, for versatility's sake and for simplicity's sake, uh, and, you know, quite frankly, I think the shifting layout of just the two buttons, mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the ETap system, and that's that's what I would spend my money on.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Well, there you have it, one versus one.
0: Yeah. Let's let's hear that beautiful music again, Ben. Can you? Can, oh yeah, there it is. If you can guess which one that is, ETap or, or Di2, you you need to email me and let me know, and you can win my ever-loving uh, admiration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, folks, if you have questions about this. Episode of the Vela News Tech Podcast or any of the, the tech podcasts that we have recorded. I would love to hear your questions and you can get in touch with me. Uh, I am on social media at Brown Tide Dan. You can also email me at dcavaleri at Vela News.com. Uh, ben, where can the the listeners reach you?
1: I'll look for me on Strava, folks. It's Ben Delaney on Strava.
0: And all of you, thank you very much for listening. Uh, And as always, if you have recommendations for uh, topics you'd like us to cover on the News podcast, I would also just absolutely love to hear those. So please do get in touch. Until next time, I am Dan Cavallari, and this is Ben Delaney. Thank you guys for listening.
1: Charge your batteries, folks. Charge
0: your batteries.